It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Justin Fields is the perfect balance between Trey Lance and Mac Jones in the NFL draft because he gives you the tools and the upside of the North Dakota State quarterback with the high floor and the accuracy of the Alabama product. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I'm here to bring you your daily in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnBears. You can like LockedOnBears on Facebook or join the LockedOnBears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. On the show today, part two of our conversation with Locked On Buckeyes host Jay Stevens, now turning our attention a little bit more future-focused on how Justin Fields will translate to the NFL from Ohio State. We'll go through some of the things he still needs to work on at the next level. We'll dispel some of the myths about Ohio State quarterbacks and why that doesn't apply to Justin Fields and his projection and how the Bears should handle sitting him early on versus getting him on the field and handing over the reins to your long-term face of the franchise. But I want to start with something that Fields college coach Ryan Day said about his quarterback that really caught my ear. I was going to say caught my eye, but you listen to him talk. You don't exactly see it. And I think it speaks well to how Justin Fields will translate to the NFL and specifically why he is in such a good spot to make it an easy change because he's been through a lot of similar types of situations and environments to what it will be like coming to Chicago and everything that comes with that draft pick and that decision and this city and and just kind of the whole nine yards. So let's start here with Ohio State head coach Ryan Day talking about some of the adversity that Fields faced, not only at Ohio State, but in his college career and transitioning through that and transitioning forward from there. And then we can kind of extrapolate that to the situation with the Bears and why it just makes perfect sense for him to have a a pretty smooth career advancement here to Chicago and the NFL. When you think about the guys who make it in that league, they can overcome adversity, and, and he's done that. Um, you know, just maybe, you know, looking for an example, I, I thought after the Indiana game, you know, that was a hard game for him to kind of overcome, and then he turns around a couple of weeks later and plays um, the best game of his career against Clemson in, in the biggest stage in college football, really. Um, and so, you know, to see him kind of, um, you know, work through those type of things, um, you know, transferring over uh, from Georgia to Ohio State, you know, just to kind of walk into that locker room, you know, we're a proud program, you know, with a lot of guys who, um, you know, think very, very highly of uh, our culture 
And to, to bring somebody in like that um, is not easy. And then to be a leader, the way he stepped in and, and kind of, um, you know, grabbed on the locker room early on. And then also, you know, there was adversity um, just, that, you know, as he stepped into that role of, you know, can I, can he be uh, what everyone thought he was going to be coming out of high school, which is a very highly recruited player uh, playing at Ohio State. And there's a lot that comes with that and the expectations. And so passed all those tests and, and now on to the next thing. Again, that is Ohio State head coach Ryan Day talking about Justin Fields and some of the different things he's been through in his college career. And I really think the parallels are strong to how he'll transition into the NFL and with the Chicago Bears. If you think about Fields as a high school prospect going into college, as Coach Day said, very highly recruited, a lot of expectations with him coming to Georgia initially and then transferring to Ohio State and you know at Georgia starting on the bench behind Jake Fromm and getting a little bit of action in there but really being able to go from again like face of the high school all-time big name recruit that everybody wants everyone desires you know he's kind of the big shot to having to go on the bench and adjust to that role and deal with no longer being that guy and kind of have that maturation process and a little bit of a humbling process there. You can see how that translates to coming to Chicago and likely the plan is for him to sit behind Andy Dalton to start his Bears career. We'll see how long that lasts and we'll get into some of that a little bit later on the podcast, but he's been through that going from being the face of his high school football team to then having to be kind of behind the scenes in college and still having those expectations as a top recruit. And then, you know, same kind of thing, going to Ohio State, trying to live up to those expectations. He's bringing those expectations to Chicago. I mean, this is a city and a team starved for a quarterback star and how much hype and excitement and love there is for Justin Fields and the Bears. That brings extremely high expectations, but he's used to extremely high expectations at Ohio State stepping onto their team pretty much right away. When, when he transferred from Georgia, the NCAA granted him a, a waiver and an exception, so he did not have to redshirt that year. He was able to step on the field right away at Ohio State, and like Ryan Day said, earn their respect, enter this culture of success and winning that can be really intimidating for you know essentially a freshman who barely played at Georgia to step into that team and all of a sudden take over and be that guy that not only plays at a high level, but is a leader of men there and really becomes that quick face of the franchise. It's the same kind of thing he's stepping into in Chicago. It's not going to be a stage that's too big for him because he played in college football at the biggest stages possible against some of the highest levels of competition possible for any college team in the biggest games in the biggest moments he stepped up and he's used to that kind of pressure that those kind of situations that you're going to see in the NFL plus you know it's an outdoor cold weather team at Ohio State you know he's he's not going to be thrown off by playing in Chicago I mean obviously maybe a little bit more wind and some of those kind of conditions and maybe the field conditions won't be quite as perfect it's never a exact translation but he's been through so much that will prepare him for this transition to the NFL when you compare him to say Trey Lance at North Dakota State who's you know played a season and a little bit more at Division 1A level and hasn't been through some of those same challenges that Fields has making that transition to San Francisco or even you know Mitch Trubisky 
three years on the bench at North Carolina, and then kind of everything is a whirlwind on a late blooming senior season. And then he comes out to Chicago and, you know, has to make that transition. I think everything is more lined up that Fields has been through this kind of thing before. It's not exactly the same as the NFL, but he has a lot of these experiences he can rely on that are going to help him through sort of the, the off field stuff and the harder things that you can't exactly prepare for like you can being a better football player. You can't just work out harder. You can't just train harder. These are things that are more mental toughness that Fields definitely will be ready for. The bonus is all the on-the-field stuff that will transition really well, and we'll get into some of that progress and where Justin Fields can go from here next on Locked On Bears. Hey, Bears fans, listen up. Nugenics the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC is offering a complimentary bottle to all football fans in America. To get your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T, text DRAFT to 231231. This unique man-boosting formula is powered by Testofen, which helps boost free testosterone and total testosterone levels and increase energy and lean muscle mass. Plus, text now, and they'll include a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you get back in shape absolutely free. Text DRAFT to 231231. That's D-R-A-F-T to the number 231231. Message and data rates may apply. Today's episode is brought to you by 1010. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only on BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10 So if you're on the hunt for the perfect, unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. So we heard from Ohio State head coach Ryan Day earlier, but now it's time to turn to our local Ohio State expert, Jay Stevens. He is the host of Locked On Buckeyes here on the Locked On Podcast Network, and this is part two of our conversation. Yesterday, we broke down Justin Fields' time at Ohio State, how the Ohio State offense works, how he kind of operated in that, and started to get a little bit into some of his weaknesses. But now we turn our attention to the progression of Justin Fields, particularly compared to Trey Lance. You know, he had two years of college football under his belt. We got to see some of that progress from Fields, and now it's about how that progress continues in Chicago and through his NFL career. So, Jay, first of all, did you see much progress? Or or I guess, where did you see progress from Fields from 19 to 20? I mean, it sounds like 19 was kind of the, the better season, but... Because 20 in large part was cut short, and for all the different reasons you mentioned, uh, obstacles for Ohio State that went largely beyond Justin Fields' control. Did you see steps forward in any particular areas? And I guess what's sort of your confidence level in him being able to continue that progression 
forward and, and you know, develop, per, maybe not, you know, eliminate those flaws. I mean, no quarterback is going to become perfect, but, you know, it, speed up the processing a little bit and maybe be more, uh, be able to be more aggressive with his legs. Based on what you saw in 2019 to 2020, how, how do you sort of see that projection moving forward? So there's three games that come to my mind to talk about progression in this season. Not so much as far as like progression from 2019 to 2020. Just this season alone, the Michigan State game this year, latter part of the year, there were some cancellations. There were some games where in the Michigan State game, there were offensive linemen that weren't there due to um, positive COVID cases. Um, I don't know if that was all them testing positive or the contact tracing, which did um, force them to not play that game due to what the Big Ten had set in place as far as rules for positive cases and contact tracing for the season. But the Michigan State game to me was an eye-opener. Because you, you did see Fields kind of get loose a little bit with his legs. You did see Fields get comfortable. You did see Justin Fields, the quarterback, dictate basically everything. The run game, the passing game, the, um, the, the ability for him to control the offense. You saw a really good Justin Fields. Yeah, some games earlier or the Indiana game was, pre- was previous to this where there were some hiccups. And, I mean, they're normal hiccups. I expect a sophomore slump. We saw it with Trevor Lawrence. You see it with a lot of guys in the NFL. Year two is not as good as year one. As far as you're one of them playing, year two of them playing, not saying rookie year and second year in the NFL because not everybody plays their rookie season. So, yeah, Michigan State game to me was just an eye-opener because you saw the growth of Justin Fields, and you saw him just let the game come to him. Michigan State was a was a, an opponent – that you could allow that to happen against them. They weren't that good last year. They did end an 80-year streak of not having a player drafted in the NFL draft, which is amazing how long that streak was and that it happened right now under Mel Tucker once Mel Tucker just got to campus. So, Uh-oh, don't, don't mention Mel Tucker. He was, a, he was the Bears' defensive coordinator when their defense was as terrible as it possibly has been. So he's going to get no respect from any listeners on this podcast. That's for sure. But he's been a good college coach. He really has been. He just Everyone in Chicago hated his guts. So it's, it's, a, it's a rough history. Well, I venture that Spartan fans will hate him after, you, after what happened last year, and they're hoping <laughs> that he can um, turn things around because if not, he could – the Florida State coach uh, escapes my memory, but the Florida State coach just got fired. That could be Mel Tucker in year two. But the Michigan State game, that was one that I saw growth out of fields. He kind of let things come to him. He didn't force things. More of the Justin Fields we saw last year for the entirety of that game. The Northwestern game I mentioned as well because Northwestern, you saw him once again let the game come to him. Didn't really force things. Um, That pass defense of Northwestern, really, really, really good. And it was something that we saw him put on display that year as well. So you got you got all you got got linebacker and Patty Fisher, who's who's an all Big Ten guy. I want to say he was all American, but I could be mistaken by that. But you got a good linebacker play. You got a good DB play. So that game feels like the game come to him. A lower score, I think it was 22-10 final score. Feels numbers not sexy in that game, but he let the game come to him. You saw growth. A guy, Michigan State, can do just a little bit of everything. The guy, Northwestern, can just kind of sit back and let the game unfold and then follow the game to make sure his team is victorious at the end of it. And last but not least, the game everybody probably saw around the country, the Sugar Bowl, the Ohio State-Clemson rematch from the 2019 season. That hit that he took against James Skowski, that was one that I've seen pictures of it. I've seen a video of it recently. That was a vicious hit. That was a hit that most people, they fold. But seeing how Fields bounced back after that, knowing he was in a lot of pain, not knowing if he would be able to go 
play after play after play. I'll say this, and I'll end in this comment with this. That play when he got hit, he came out one play. C.J. Stroud went in, handed the ball off, I believe, to Trey Sermon. Fields comes back in after only missing one play, after getting hit viciously by James Skowski. And then he does, he runs a play that him and Chris Alave have been running in practice for a very long time. Basically, short side of the field, um, take the snap, roll out right, Alave does, I don't know what the route is called, but it's a smooth route to the to the um, front pylon to the end zone, touchdown, easy money. They had run that so many times, and for a guy just took that hit, running and doing something on the run, uh, it's not really ideal. And when you take a hit like that, having to throw the ball, having to move it away, your body doesn't want you to. It's very hard to hard to do, but seeing Fields do that, man, I loved it. I enjoyed it. Then the rest of the really that entire game, you saw the resiliency and the fight and the grit of Justin Fields, and that's something I think Bears fans will love for a very long time. Yeah, I can tell Chicago is already in love with Justin Fields, and I think we're ready to accept Justin Fields into our hearts, even with some of the perhaps unfair criticisms we saw of him coming out of the draft. We will address some of those, including the Ohio State stuff and what the Bears should do with him for his rookie season next on Locked On Bears. The money is starting to come in at betonline.ag, and the odds have moved on Offensive Rookie of the Year. Trey Lance moving past Justin Fields for the second-best odds. Fields now at plus 650 for the award. Trevor Lawrence still in first, Trey Lance in second, and then Mac Jones behind Fields in fourth. I don't think Bears fans are too on board with that type of movement, but the odds makers at Bet Online seeing the changes and really aligning them with already the odds in the favor of the Bears missing the playoffs and over under only set at seven and a half wins, maybe a potential bottom 10 record for the Bears next season. If you want to bet against those numbers, betonline.ag is the number one place we recommend. Sign up today for a free account and enter our promo code LOCKED ON to receive your free 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Don't know what to get mom for Mother's Day? How about a delicious treat that's also good for her? I'm talking about the world's best tasting protein bars, Built Bars. They're all low sugar, low calories, high fiber, and high protein, but they taste like candy bars. For me, the salted caramel flavor tastes like a Milky Way. It gets my sweet tooth fulfilled without adding unnecessary sugar or calories to my diet. My mom likes them, and there's a bunch of different flavors to choose from. I've tried every single one, and I promise you can't go wrong. It sounds a little bit too good to be true, but trust me, try them for yourself, and you'll be a believer right away. Head on over to BuiltBar.com and use our promo code Locked 15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. That's promo code L O C K E D 15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. We are once again locked on Justin Fields, continuing our conversation here with Jay Stevens from Locked On Buckeyes. And Jay, when it comes to Justin Fields, He's been unfairly given the 
analysis. I can't even call it analysis, but people saying, well, look at all the other Ohio State quarterbacks and how they've done in the NFL. I'm not, I don't want to compare him in that regard, but watching him with the Buckeyes, you know, where does he rank in your eyes, at least in recent Ohio State history, as a as college quarterback? Among the best Ohio State quarterbacks you've seen, where where would you? I don't need like the exact order, but you know, is he number one? Is he top five? Is he number you know top three? Where would you kind of sort him among just at the college level, the quarterbacks from Ohio State? I'm gonna I'll get to that in a second, but I think I'll touch on what you said about Justin Fields being unfairly criticized. I think that's kind of elementary and pedestrian, and there's really a lot of evaluators and scouts and analysts not really doing their homework and mm-hmm. going off of things they hear from other people. Because if you watch Justin Fields, a lot of things they're saying are bogus, they're whack, they're stupid, they're idiotic. These are delicate things I can say here on the podcast, not things I may say or my friends about how I feel, um, the (laughs) analysis or lack thereof. But I mean, it's very idiotic that people will say some of the things that that they have said without actually having the tape to back it up. There are criticisms. A lot of what we heard doesn't make sense. But as far as Fields in the hierarchy, you may want to say, of Ohio State quarterbacks, who I think is one, two, or three, I don't like to rank them. Um, I think that him and Haskins um, right now is near the top. I was a big Troy Smith fan. I think Fields is a better athlete than Troy Smith. I think he has a better arm than Troy Smith. Troy Smith, mid-2000s, that was when I was in high school. So seeing him win the Heisman Trophy, then ultimately lose to Urban Meyer and the Florida Gators and the National Championship, really get mollywopped. It was bad. It was pretty embarrassing, (laughs) that game there. Um, But when it comes to Fields in that, I do think that Fields is up there. Um, Haskins is amazing, but Haskins is not the – Haskins is not the um, runner, nowhere close to being the runner that Fields is. Also, Haskins was was aided by a lot of leaders at wide receiver. So a lot of his yards were short passes or um, passes over the middle, and a lot of his yards were yak or yards after the catch that he got that ultimately went to his um, passing yard total at the end of the season. Fields, at the same time, if he only had the 2019 season – I think he has a good case to say, well, he is the best. That's not for me to say. Others can say that. Like I said, I don't like ranking them. But when you put the two seasons together that Fields had and the one year as a starter that Dwayne Haskins had, there's an argument for both. Haskins' arm was good at Ohio State. Fields' um, arm is amazing. Running ability is amazing. But they both did amazing things at Ohio State. Terrell Pryor is one that I really, really wish, really wish at times the offense was more wide open for him because if it was – now, he wasn't the NFL quarterback. didn't even play quarterback, really. He was more – he went to a wide receiver. But if Terrell Pryor, latter part of the 2000s, was that guy and he had more of a wide-open offense and really more people to help aid him in his growth, he is someone that I think could be in the conversation as one of the best offensive Quarter, one of the best quarterbacks at Ohio State. Unfortunately, he did get in trouble for um, trading um, memorabilia for tattoos. And then Jim Trestle ended up losing his job. And Terrell Pryor is what a lot of people remember him for at Ohio State, not how good he played. One last thing on Justin Fields before I let you go. I think when we project quarterbacks to the NFL, a lot of times we, we always assume right away that like, oh, always put him on the bench Give him as much time on the bench as possible because, you know, it worked for Aaron Rodgers and it worked for, you know, you go through all the other quarterbacks that, you know, time on the bench before they start generally seems like a good idea. And that's what the Bears plan to do right now with, with Justin Fields is they want to start Andy Dalton week one and keep Dalton in there as long as possible. But do you think Fields is a quarterback that 
will benefit from that, or or could you see the reverse where he could be a guy that you know, so like some quarterback prospects need just on field experience. They just need more actual reps because you know they've they've seen or they haven't gotten enough at college, or they you know they need to have a, a wider range of experience. So I guess how how much. Or where, where would you put Justin Fields on that spectrum? Do you feel like he could benefit from some time slowing things down or, or just get him out there and let him let him cook and let him get used to it with some live action? I do think he could be aided by not starting week one, day one, um, especially preseason or, or regular season, doesn't matter. I think he's a guy just like anybody. Like, I don't knock it. Aaron Rodgers waiting a few years. Okay, great. Worked out for him. Um, Jordan Love, will he be the next guy? I don't know. I don't think anybody knows who the next guy will be. Patrick I know Mahomes, what they think. Is, Patrick Mahomes okay. is the big one, too, I should say. that That's kind of the, the obvious connection is Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everybody could. I'll go back to when I was a youngster. Um, Peyton Manning was drafted number one overall, starting quarterback day one at, for the Indianapolis Colts, went 3-13, and 13, and a lot of people today would have said move on. But that was not the time of Twitter. That wasn't the time of social media. That wasn't the time of instant satisfaction or instant gratification that that consumes so many people, not just fans, but those in front offices as well. Peyton Manning comes back the very next year and goes 13-3 and three and then has some growing pains after that, and we see what kind of career he has. So you have Peyton Manning, who, who did some stuff there, um, Patrick Mahomes, um, and other quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers, that way. I do think Justin Fields will be aided and will be benefited by not starting day one. And I'm going to close this out with this. Going back to Justin Fields in college at Georgia, he didn't start right away at Georgia. Jake Fromm was the guy. Jake Fromm was the guy that no matter how good Fields was, Fields was not going to take his spot as being QB1 on the depth chart. Fields, I think, played 12 games his first year at Georgia, but none of them were in um, start uh, as a starter. And look at, look at what happened. He did sit under Fromm. He's a, be- he's a better athlete than Fromm, but Kirby Smart said, no, Fromm is my guy. I don't know what kind of quarterback Justin Fields would be first year at Ohio State if he didn't have that backup role there at Georgia. So I do think Fields early on, especially not just having Andy Dalton, but having Nick Foles there as well, I think those are two guys that can really help the maturing of Justin Fields, the quarterback. And I do believe Fields not starting day one, think that's ideal for his growth in the National Football League. Well, Jay, you are the authority, not only on all things Ohio State, but Justin Fields as well. Really appreciate you joining us. Your analysis has been top-notch. Uh, let everybody know a little bit more about uh, what, what work you've got, what you've been working on, and where they can find your stuff. Well, guys, you guys can always follow me on Twitter at jsteven07. That is Stevens with a PH. It's also been fun to be on here with you, talk a little ball. I had a little down period during basketball season where football was not on the forefront of my mind or anyone's mind. And then once draft season started, I remembered why football is my first love, like many people in America. Um, also, follow Locked on Buckeyes. Subscribe to Locked on Buckeyes. Same place as you check Locked on Bears. You get Locked on Bears. You can check out Locked on Buckeyes as well. Have a lot of content coming out this week, a lot of interviews um, talking about Ohio State Buckeye, former Buckeyes, what they'll do in the pros. Uh, So be sure to check that out. And then every single Monday, myself and Ben Stevens, we call him Big Ten Ben. We do a weekend recap of the weekend that was in the Big Ten Conference, primarily football, basketball, just did a phenomenal, phenomenal episode that came out on Monday, recapping the NFL draft for those inside the Big Ten Football Conference. So 
the Locked On Buckeyes podcast Monday through Friday, Locked On Big Ten every Monday. Then last but not least, I almost forgot, my very own podcast, the Jay Stevens podcast. That's a Monday, Thursday uh, podcast that comes out and has some fun interviews coming out for that podcast very, very soon. Excellent. Well, Jay, appreciate you making some time for us, and uh, I hope this offseason goes as quickly for you as I'm hoping it goes for us. <laughs> Absolutely. I sure hope it does. Thanks again to Locked On Buckeyes host Jay Stevens for joining us on the podcast today and yesterday for this two-part conversation. If you enjoyed our back and forth, make sure that you subscribe to the Locked On Bears podcast to keep up with all of our daily in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Coming up this week, we will hear from our friends from Locked On Mizzou, Locked On Tar Heels, and Locked On BYU, and we're going to go rapid fire, bang, 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 into some of these day three Bears draft picks and find out, you know, is Larry Borum a potential starter on this Bears offensive line? Can the seventh-round defensive tackle Kyrus Tonga be a steal at the end of the draft? And where does wide receiver Daz Newsom fit in on offense and special teams in Chicago? We're going to get our local expertise on each of those picks. And there's plenty more Justin Fields coming your way as well. I want to find out more about the Vikings' pursuit of Fields and what the Bears were able to get that they wanted, as well as 49ers fans pretty well wanted Justin Fields, too, as much as they think they're happy about Trey Lance. A lot more to get into about this Bears draft, so I hope you'll keep following along with us throughout this offseason, and I hope now that Justin Fields is the Bears quarterback, it should be a heck of a lot easier to bear down. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.